is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. The Dallas Cowboys select Tyler Smith. And now, your host, Kyle Yeomans. Today is Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. We are now just 79 days away from the NFL draft in Kansas City. The Senior Bowl is now in the rearview mirror. Next up, the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. And next up for us, we've got a a week full of shows. We are back because the ice has subsided as well in Texas. So we're glad to be back here. On the Draft Show, presented by Miller Lite. As always, Aisha Morrison. We do not have Brian Broaddus nor Bobby Belt today. Sad day. Because they are both having some fun out at the Super Bowl in Glendale, Arizona. But we will have them on tomorrow. Instead of Brian and Bobby, we are happy and delighted to welcome back to the show one of the Draft Show originals, Mr. Dane Brugler from The Athletic. Dane, how's it going, my friend? Welcome back. Oh, it's going well. Always, uh, always a joy to hop on with you guys. So uh, this is going to be fun. I can't wait. Well, we're going to we're going to pick your brain here over the next 45 minutes. Absolutely. But first, tell us how are things going? I mean, you're in the middle of your busiest time of the year, really ramping up and getting the beast taken care of, which, of course, is a, a must read for anybody around the draft whenever it does release. But everything going well for you and in, in, in this journey again? Yeah, you know, we just got through All-Star season, uh, Shrine Game, NFLPA, uh, Senior Bowl, of course. And, you know, this this whole process is all about cross-checking, right? So uh, by the time the season's over, most of the hay is in the barn at that point. All the work has been done. You've watched the tape. Now it's the chance to cross-check what you thought. Uh, and that's what these all these events are for, the All-Star Games, the Combine coming up here in a little bit, the, the official Combine invite list just got released today hmm. so uh you know i don't think there are any big surprises on that but uh you know it's, it, it, it's just another step in the process so uh and then after the combine obviously pro days uh workouts and so you know each each step tells us something it helps us out as, as we go through this process of trying to figure out this draft class who's going to be a fit for which team especially the cowboys uh it, it's it's uh it, it's a lot of work but it's also a lot of fun so what year is this for you now covering the draft? Are you in the double digits yet? Uh, and the the fact that oh, yeah. you've already gotten to where you are is remarkable. I mean, the, the, the path that you have blazed for yourself has been so fun to watch. But uh, where does this draft class kind of rank for you in, in terms of the ones that you've seen to this point? Yeah, you know, I just got home from Mobile, and I, I was counting the years. That was my my twelfth year wow. going to the Senior Bowl. Um, so yeah, we've been doing this a long time. Uh, but it, you know, it's 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 hard to really rank draft classes. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, I find it hard, at least for myself, because you know we see these guys in the NFL, and it's kind of hard to just eliminate that from our minds and just focus on you know how we saw them as prospects. But uh, you know, this is a class that's really interesting because. You know, I think we've got two non-quarterbacks in that top tier, uh, Jalen Carter from Georgia, Will Anderson from Alabama, whichever order you want. In my opinion, it's those two. Then there's a little bit of a drop-off, and then until you get to that next tier of non-quarterbacks. And then, of course, the quarterbacks, uh, it's a really unique group. You've got, uh, in my opinion, the top quarterback in the class, Bryce Young, who is a complete outlier from a size perspective. Uh, and so every team's going to look at that a little bit differently. 
Um, you've got uh, a guy like uh, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State who had a good career, and then he played his best game of his life in the final game in the Peach Bowl against Georgia. And so how do you uh, you know weigh that compared to the first 27 games of his Ohio State career? Uh, Will Levis from Kentucky did not have the senior year many expected, but he's still a really talented player. Uh, you excited for what he could be at the next level. And then Anthony Richardson from Florida – he's got the most upside of any of these quarterbacks. So it's a really interesting group of quarterbacks. Uh, and then the non-quarterbacks, uh, I, I think that you've got again two at the top, then a drop-off. And then that's where, it, you know, we start to see the depth throughout the late first round, second round, third round, fourth round. So, Dane, you just mentioned quarterback. What did you think about Jake Hayner? Is it how you pronounce his name? Is that correctly? Is that is that yeah, Jake no, you, I you felt got like, him. Yeah, yeah, I felt like he he showed some good things um in this uh in the senior bowl and I felt like he really ro- rose in stock like in his in my opinion I felt like he rose in stock a little bit and how he played. Yeah, he was my top quarterback at the senior bowl going into the week. Okay. Um and you know it wasn't it wasn't the sexiest group of quarterbacks because <laughs> you know we're used to having maybe a first rounder in there, you know, uh, Justin Herbert uh, Carson Wentz, yeah, uh, exactly. you know, Baker Mayfield, these guys were all at the senior bowl, mm-hmm. right? We didn't have that this year. No, Will Levis, Hendon Hooker was hurt. Yep. Um, but going in, I thought, you know, Jake Hayner was the best of the group and he doesn't look like much, you know, he's six foot, just over 200 pounds. Um, you know, the arm is good, not great, but his competitive juices, his, uh, you know, just that competitive toughness that he brings is, is so profound and something that coaches are going to fall in love with. Uh, you know, I think just I go back to last year uh, against UCLA, one of the best comeback performances I've, I've ever seen from a quarterback. And that has stuck with me. I, I, and, you know, coming into this year, he was hurt a little bit. But when he's on the field, that Fresno State offense would go. And so I, I think that I, I don't know that he's ever going to be a long term starter, but I think he has a floor of being a Taylor Heineke. You know, exactly. a guy that that's what that was my exact comp. Yeah. <laughs> that's my exact comp that right, I have exactly. for him. Yes. Yeah. Just, I, yeah. Not big guys, not going to necessarily wow you with the physical traits, but they're just gamers yeah. and, you know, they're accurate. They anticipate. They do quarterback things, mm-hmm. right? You know, we're so used to a lot of these college quarterbacks. It's a projection in terms of reading the defense, uh, in terms of making protection calls uh, with a guy like Jake Hayner. You know, he can do that. You kn- you can see what he's doing out there and the way he's processing. So, no, yeah, I'm a big fan of Hayner. Um, I, you know, I don't I don't know that he did enough to get in that top 100 conversation. Right. But if I'm in the fourth round and I'm looking for a quarterback to round out my quarterback uh, room and someone just to add as a backup uh, possibility, Hayner would be definitely a guy I'd target. I'm glad you brought him up because Hayner out of Fresno State, one of the words that I had seen was moxie. Yeah. I mean, he just has this moxie about him, this this upside that might be limited, but his toughness and his grit shine through that. And that's kind of what it looked like from the quarterback's as a whole in Mobile, Max Duggan, you could throw that him into that same conversation. Maybe not the most talented guy, but a guy that people will rally around. You saw that, of course, during the playoff run with TCU. Uh, and then Clayton Toon in there as well. But Dallas has had a history of drafting quarterbacks that have been at the Senior Bowl. Of course, Dak Prescott was a Senior Bowl guy. They've, they've been interested in guys that have been in Mobile. So out of the six guys that you got to see actually play, Dane, which one stood out to you the most that could be a potential fit for Dallas? Would it be a Jake Hayner, or it might be one of these other five? Yeah, I mean, I think that Hayner would certainly make sense. Yeah. Clayton Toon, he's seen a lot of football, played a lot of football. 
Um, and I go back to that UTSA tape earlier this year where he put the team on his back in, in the late in that game into overtime. Um, I, I think that Clayton Toon, they're, they're, he's overcome a lot of adversity, uh, you know, just the last three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had 40 touchdowns this year. Nobody else in, in AAC history, the American Conference, has ever thrown 40 or more touchdowns in a season. So, uh, you know, he's a productive guy. There's, there's a lot to like about him. Um, I, you know, I, I think Max Duggan, he's another guy where you really appreciate the competitive toughness. This is a guy that he's a, a son of a high school uh, football coach. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things where, you know, check the boxes from a, a mentality standpoint, from a competitive temperament standpoint. Um, it's just there's some things on the field he needs to needs to work on. The mechanics can get all over the place. Uh, it just being a more consistent thrower of the football so he can be accurate from snap to snap. So uh, I, I think he maybe has a little bit more upside than, say, a Hainer or a Tune, but he has a lower floor, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's 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 one of those trade-offs with a guy like Max Duggan. And I'll give you one more name who wasn't at the Senior Bowl. He was actually at the Shrine, Aiden O'Connell from Purdue. Okay. Uh, I liked him better than several of the quarterbacks that were at the Senior Bowl. I, I was surprised he didn't get an invite. Uh, just an accurate, quick-release type of quarterback. Um, not Not the most mobile guy. And that's that. That's the trade-off with him. You're not getting a guy that's going to necessarily make guys miss in the pocket, extend plays. Uh, so you wish he was a little bit quicker with his lower body. But this is a mature guy. You know, he's married already. He's got his degree. He, he's ready for pro life. Uh, but just drop him in the locker room, and I think he'll be a backup from day one. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, in regard to in regards to Bryce Young, you talked about his size and how that might be a concern. I think that's also too similarly with Hainer is that he's a smaller guy. You know, you worry mm-hmm. about how is he going to perform, you know, with, with big linemen around him, whatever the case may be, his escapability, whatever. So I, I, I just wanted to add on that I feel like that might be a reason why his, you know, maybe he's not picked super early as well because it's his size and that being a big factor for the position. Right. And, and you know, I think to your point, it's – it's not just, you know, can he see over the line or Tracking. things? It's can he hold up durability wise? Yes. You know, it's can he, because uh, both these guys are a little more on the slight side. Uh, so, you know, it's, and we know in the NFL, everything happens so much faster. And especially with Bryce Young, look, this is a guy that he thrives by welcoming that chaos. He thrives moving in the pocket and, you know, waiting an extra half second to, to let that route come open. But in the NFL, even even uh, in comparison to the SEC, things happen quicker. And so, is he going to take more hits? How much does he? How many hits does he have in that 190 pound body? Uh, you know, it's the last 25 years we have had 301 quarterbacks drafted. Only two were below six foot and below 200 pounds. We're talking about a complete out, and neither of those guys wow. were top 100 picks. So to to draft a guy like Bryce Young with that size profile. Top three, which I'd be shocked if he fell out of the top three, it's just something that we really haven't seen before. And that's why I think, you know, in the past, uh, you know, with most quarterbacks and we try to figure out where they're headed in the draft, we, we look at the breadcrumbs. You know, we look at uh, try to connect the dots with a guy like uh, Bryce Young, who is such a complete outlier. It's really tough to do that because, you know, it, it's he's that much of an outlier that. Uh, you know, a guy like uh, Chris Ballard, general manager w- with the Colts, he's a guy that really loves the traits. He loves size. But how do you uh, how do you do that with the quarterback position where, yes, you wish you were bigger, 
but if he's really good at being a quarterback, you know, how do you, uh, how do you balance that? And, and so it's, it's just a really fascinating uh, test case for a guy that's undersized, but a really, really good quarterback. Yeah. The, what does that say about Bryce Young and what he's brought just based off of his talents mm -hmm. and his skill set alone, that he's even in that conversation, that status remarkable Dane about how little those guys have gone in the past. Now, before we take our first break, I want to talk about what position outside of quarterback stood out to you the most in Mobile. Which one kind of caught your eye and uh, surprised you or maybe didn't surprise you based off of the position groups that you saw at the Senior Bowl? Um, I, you know, I think wide receivers, uh, you know, that's the sexy position in, in, in Mobile. You know, they, that the guys that really have a chance to shine. Um, Jaden Reed was very good yes. at a Mich uh, Michigan State. Uh, that that Michigan State offense just they, it really struggled this year without Kenneth Walker. And so I don't think his senior tape really did him justice. But you mm -hmm. go back to his junior tape, and that's where, you know, you see why a lot of scouts gave him that third-round grade coming into this year. Um, and I think the senior bowl kind of reminded us of that. Uh, I'd be surprised if he's not a top 100 pick, uh, Michael Wilson out of Stanford. He has missed more games the last three years than he has played. And that's obviously a red flag and something that teams have to figure out, but it, uh, for his size, six, two, two moves really well, catches the ball through traffic. Uh, there, there's a lot to like about Michael Wilson. It's just durability wise. You know, where do you, what, what's the price tag? Where do you draft a guy like that? So the wide receiver stood out. Um, there were some, a few pass rushers that looked good, um, on defense. Uh, I, I thought a couple corners really stood out. Darius rush from South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Maybe I, I would argue nobody made himself more money than Darius rush, uh, the South Carolina corner, nice. uh, with the way he played at, at the senior boy, he was running routes for receivers, making plays on the ball. No, no other DB, uh, touched the football more than Darius rush. And, and he's, he's a really interesting background. He's a guy you know, a uh, big fish in a small pond type of guy where he was always the best athlete growing up. So he's playing quarterback. He's playing all these positions, goes to high school. And he, he started as a quarterback as, as a freshman. That's how good he was and how small his high school was. Um, but, you know, he's playing receiver. He was recruited as a receiver, goes to South Carolina. Will Muschamp moves in the corner. So he's really only been playing corner for a couple of years. And, and you see him getting better and better and better. And we saw that in Mobile. Uh, he was also the fastest player. Uh, at the Senior Bowl, according to uh, Zebra Technologies, their on-field testing, hmm. he was over 21 miles per hour. Uh, he was also one of the longer players among uh, the defensive backs, 32-inch arms, 32 and a half, or 32 and three-quarter inch arms, 6'2", um, so good-sized player. He can run, ascending tape. I, I worry about him as a tackler, but I know he has the size, the speed, and the coverage ability, and when you have that, that's going to get you drafted somewhere on day two probably. Yeah, I, um, so for me, I really am trying to focus more on uh, offensive line and understanding what those guys are mm -hmm. doing. And I felt like it was good to see some of these offensive linemen who I think it's an interesting class because I, I feel like a lot of these guys are not long in the tooth, but to college standards maybe they are because you have more juniors to me and seniors that guys that stayed. And I feel like that's, a, that's valuable for the offensive line position just because those guys get more time and so I was looking at um, John John Michael Smith really he stood out to me um, Avalia from TCU I felt like his even if his hand tech isn't mm -hmm. there well if his hand tech isn't there his feet can do it mm -hmm. you know I me personally I really was trying to look at some of these offensive linemen and how they played and I mean Cody Mock like some of these guys really stood out to me yep. um and made, I think they made a case for themselves uh, in the senior bowl. But really, it was the fact that I was just like, okay, 
what I saw on tape was real, right? Like, okay, you actually do know how yeah, to, you right. actually do have a good anchor, right? Like, you do, your hands are super explosive. Mm-hmm. I was just impressed with some of those guys that came out there and made something, made something, you know, shake yesterday, well, the day before yesterday, um, in the game. So, for me, that's what I was really looking at, is offensive yeah. line, defensive line, this, this uh, in the senior bowl. I got a couple of names. It sounds like it's a, a positive no, 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 thing. That's, that's a great point. Sorry, Dan, I didn't mean to, to cut you off there, but it sounds oh, like it's ahead. a positive thing because wide receiver and offensive line, both of which shining and mobile, both of which the Cowboys could certainly take a look at, Dan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no question. And I, I think, you know, to your point with, with offensive linemen, it's, you know, once you get to the NFL, all offensive linemen are, you know, they're they're quick, they're strong, they're powerful. You know, what separates offensive linemen in the NFL is really the technical skill. Absolutely. Uh, it, that, that's what you're looking for. And so I think a guy, you know, you mentioned all the guys you mentioned. Yeah, they're seniors. They're fifth-year guys, a couple six-year guys in there. Right. Um, I, I, I could argue – Maybe the best offensive player throughout the week was uh, Osiris Torrance from Florida. Yeah, uh, it, he's he's yeah. He was a guy that you know he was really good at Louisiana Lafayette. He didn't need to transfer uh, to the SEC. He would have been already in that top fifty conversation if he stayed put. He decides to go to the SEC and uh, challenge himself. He follows his co- head coach Billy Napier to Florida, and SEC competition w- was really uh, not a problem for him. And so. Uh, he, I think he has cemented himself as a top 40 prospect in this draft, could very easily go uh, in the first round, uh, should be the top guard in this draft. I just, I, it depends on if you think Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern is a tackle or a guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but besides Skaronsky, I think he should be the first uh, guard off the board. Uh, John Michael Schmitz, it was kind of like uh, I mentioned with Jaden Reed, how uh, you know you get to go back to his junior film to really appreciate Jaden Reed. Mm-hmm. It's kind of similar with John Michael Schmitz. Uh, I don't know that his senior his senior year tape was was good. It was okay, but I thought his junior year tape was a lot better. And I think the senior bowl really reminded us of that. Is okay, this guy. You know, whether you want to, uh, uh, no matter what you want to throw at him, if you want to use power, you want to use quickness, uh, you want to use your leverage. Uh, he has an answer for it, and he's a guy that has played a lot of football. Um, and so he looks like a plug and play center and someone that. Uh, might might not have a huge uh, ceiling as a, as a as a starter in the NFL, but you feel really good about his floor. You feel really about, good about him coming in from day one and, and helping your offensive line. Jalen Duncan is another gentleman that I felt like uh, came out and showed some some good things. His instincts were pretty good. His feet, his hands. Um, Duncan from Maryland, by from, the way. Yes, from Maryland. By my my, my mistake. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, he does look like he needs a little bit of polish, but I feel like he still came out and showed yep. power. And his and I feel like his hand tech, especially, has improved since college. I don't know if he's been working with somebody or not, but I felt like his hands were a lot stronger um, in the Senior Bowl than I've seen them on film when I was watching back at him. I like it. Overall, yeah, that's a I think point, yeah. offensive line is is uh, an, a, certainly a strong point for a lot of the, the guys in this draft, and it's something that the Cowboys are going to have to continue to take a look at as well, like I mentioned a couple moments ago. But, yeah, I, I, you mentioned John Michael Smiths, Minnesota, Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse. He had a good week as well. Osiris Torrance out of Florida, and then Steve Avila out of TCU. Lots of offensive linemen talk here to open things up. But when we come back, we're going to do some Twitter on the 20. How could the most recent Cowboys hires influence their draft strategy? We'll talk about that when we come back with more Draft Show presented by Miller Lite. Hey, Cowboys fans. If you're looking for a full-time or part-time job, check out Liberty Tax. 
proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. If you've got tax experience and want to help your community with their finances, you're the perfect candidate. No tax experience? We also offer in-person tax school courses locally. Liberty Tax has 79 locations across DFW and 2,300 offices nationwide. Learn more about our job opportunities at libertytax.com slash hiring or call your local Liberty Tax office today. Craving something flavorful? Replace that bloated burrito feeling with Smoothie King's new Power Meal Smoothies. With three delicious flavors like cinnamon banana, blueberry raspberry, and spinach pineapple, you can fill up on flavor, not calories. Each meal replacement smoothie is packed with 20 grams of protein, 7 grams of fiber, and 23 vitamins and minerals, all under 350 calories with 0 grams of added sugar. So next time you want something flavorful, swap fast food for a Power Meal smoothie. Order today on the Smoothie King app. Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm Darren Woodson, former Dallas Cowboy player and Super Bowl champion. When I played in the NFL at a high level, I relied on my vision to see the field. As I started getting older, I noticed my vision wasn't as good, and I was getting frustrated from wearing my glasses all day. I went to Laser Care Eye Center, and Dr. G talked about all the options. Thanks to technology and Laser Care Eye Center, I can see near, far, and between. Don't fumble your vision any longer. Visit them at dfweyes.com and tell them Darren sent you. They got me back on my game. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Back here on the Draft Show presented by Miller Lite, episode three of the 2023 draft process. Here with Aisha Morrison, I'm Kyle Yeomans, and our special guest, Dane Brugler from The Athletic, on the line at the moment. It's time now for some Twitter on the 20. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter on okay. the Twitter, Twitter on the 20. We have a tour coming by and I was like poking up in the air and they just kind of like laughed at me the whole way because I was waiting on the sounder. But we got it. We're good. Let's get into it a little bit. Now, there have been 45 questions asked about B. John Robinson at 26. It's been a topic of conversation amongst Cowboys Nation. I'm not going to answer one specific question, but because everybody asked about it, I want to get Dane's thoughts on it. Bijan at 26, one, is it even possible? Does he fall that far? And two, does it fit the Cowboys and it, does it fit the value of a pick at number 26? Does it fit the Cowboys? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, now, obviously, we'll see what happens this offseason, you know, at, at running back for the team. Um, you know, they've. With Zeke and Pollard, uh, obviously uh, they have to make decisions there and figure out what what's going to happen. But if uh, if they enter the draft and, and have a need at running back, uh, you know you can't do any better than Bijan Robinson. Uh, he, you know he's 
He's so impressive with the way he can make you miss with both his power and his quickness. He has vision. He runs with tempo. And forget the running back route tree. He can run a wide receiver route tree, no problem. Line him up in the slot, and he'll run a post for you. And he's a very good pass catcher. So, uh, And there's just a lot to like about him as a complete back. Now, and we're talking about, you know, later in the first round. So we're not talking about a top 10 pick here. Uh, you know, he's a, he at least should be part of the conversation. Now, uh, I, I think that, uh, we, all right, well, first we'll do, will he be there? And I think there's a good chance he is. You know, when you do a mock draft and you go through the first 25 picks, it's hard to find a really uh, logical landing spot for him. Uh, you know, a team that really needs that running back that, you know, w- would conceivably take him in the first round. So I think there's a good chance he is still available after uh, the first 25 picks. Now, is the value there? Should the Cowboys do that? That's that's where it is a debate. And I don't know that there's necessarily an absolutely right or absolutely wrong answer here. It's more about, uh, you know, you hypotheticals and what are your what's the best way to build a roster I mean, you know you look at the cowboys a lot of their first round success uh the last uh, you know 10 years or so has been taking positions early that maybe aren't high valued Mm. uh, whether and they've hit on those you know like zeke has been a good player um you know especially on his rookie contract and you think about Zach Martin, you think about yep. some of these other uh, positions they've drafted first round, uh, they've hit on those. But is it and this is philosophy, uh, more uh, more a philosophy question when you when you look at the draft and what you want out of your first round pick. Should you be going for that high floor? You should be you know, going for more of a uh, high ceiling prospect at a premium position, whether that's corner, pass rusher, um, offensive line. Um, if you can find a stud receiver in the late first round. So, you know, I, I think it's a philosophy that uh, the, the NFL is constantly evolving. Front offices and the way they think are constantly evolving. Uh, you know, Will McClay does such a good job of kind of spearheading all of that and, mm-hmm. you know, putting uh, the Cowboys in position to, you know, build the board and really target what they need. So uh, where we are right now, where this is what, early February, I will be surprised if B. John Robinson ends up with the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. Um, that would surprise me. But you don't rule it out with the history of how this team drafts. I love it, Dane. Just go ahead and put it out there because half of Cowboys feeling. Nation <laughs> just had their heart drop. Yeah, people's feelings. <clears throat> the other half of Cowboys Nation just uh, just jumped up in elation. They were just ready to roll. So, so are we asking like which running backs would maybe fit what the Cowboys possibly are doing moving forward? Mm, maybe in the later rounds. Probably not at twenty six. Okay, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we're looking well, at the other, sorry, this sorry, is a ahead. deep running back class. Right? It is. is yeah. True. No, this is a deep running back class, right? I mean, I, I'm sure you guys have have looked at these guys, and you you, you probably agree. It's just. You know, you don't have to get that guy in the first round. Last year, we only had like like three running backs drafted the first like 90 picks or something. Yeah. This year, it won't be like that. We're going to have, you know, one, maybe two in the first round, two, three in the second round, four, five, six in the third round. And then there'll be good players. If I can get Eric Gray from Oklahoma in the late third, early fourth round, I'm I'm feeling like I just stole him. So, you know, it's it's a position that you don't I feel really comfortable waiting on with this draft class that we have this year. Yeah, there's a couple Big 12 running backs that aren't named Bijan Robinson that you should keep your eye on. Both Oklahoma and then another Texas guy who of course was at 
the Senior Bowl in Rashawn Johnson, who had a hand injury. But my goodness, uh-huh. he's he's a downhill runner as well. All right, second question: Who is the most pro-ready wide receiver that you've seen so far? in this year's draft. I'll start with Dane, but I want Aisha's answer on this one, too. I, I would probably go with Jackson Smith and Jigba, Ohio State. Wow, um, even without yeah, the course. production this year because of the injury? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. I mean, this guy uh, – I mean, C.J. Stroud um, over the summer said that uh, uh, Smith and Jigba was the best route runner he's ever played with. Mm. And let's remember, he played last year. His wide receivers uh, were with uh, Chris Olave, uh, Garrett Wilson, uh, two guys that just went over a thousand yards receiving in the NFL, and the the third guy. Uh, and he also plays with Marvin Harrison. Uh, and Buka is a really good receiver. I mean, Ohio State has just been pumping out those receivers. Mm-hmm. But C.J. Stroud definitively said Jackson Smith and Jigba is the best, best route runner he's ever played with. And look, Smith and Jigba is not going to run great. You know, he's going to be a mid four fives guy. Um, that's not his game. It, his game is route running out of the slot um, and being a reliable pass catcher. He has really good ball skills. Uh, I do wonder if he's a fit for this this team because I, to me, Smith and Jigba, if you're not playing him in the slot, I think you're misusing him. Mm-hmm. CD lamb, I think does a lot of great things from the slot. You know, do they want to keep CD lamb working uh, from an, as an inside receiver or are they you know willing to move him outside? If they're willing to keep him on the outside, then I think Smith and Jigba becomes more of an option. But if you want CD lamb working a lot from the slot, then I don't know that Smith and Jigba is necessarily a fit. So I, <laughs> Don't get mad at me. I'm not. Um, don't get mad at me, but um, I think this is uh, this guy's a lot of people's favorites. But Tank Dell was very impressive Ooh. to me. He was impressive to me because I feel like the gentleman just has a feel for the game as a receiver. And when I say that, is I mean like if I think he understands like a corner sitting on his hip. So let me you know flip my hips here, or let me go upfield, let me turn upfield from a. He just looks so natural to me as opposed to a lot of receivers that we saw out there that just understood leverage, understood how to go past people, knows how to accelerate, when to accelerate. The hand fighting was there, but the route running, sometimes it seems like he's freestyling. And just for him to be freestyling and getting open in that way, I'm like, this guy with some polish and maybe a little bit more refining could be dominant. To me, he was one of the only gentlemen that looked like he had star power. Um, every time he touched the ball. And so I feel like with some coaching, this guy could really get it done. Uh, Tank Dell from Houston. Is it Nathaniel? N- yeah, Nathaniel. N- Nathaniel. Let me say yep. his first Nathaniel name. Nathaniel Tank yeah. Dell. He, his tape is phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, his tape is fun to watch because he's a playmaker. But, Dane, I was actually going to ask you about him a little bit later in the show, but I'll, mm-hmm. I'll insert another player into that. Tell me more about Nathaniel Dell and what his overall scouting report looks like because Aisha's not alone. He impressed a lot of people in Mobile. Oh, no doubt. I mean, he was the most sudden wide receiver um, at, at this year's Senior Bowl. Um, it, the way he can settle, uncover, in, in the blink of an eye is really impressive. Uh, he can really scoot and he can win over the top. Uh, he, he can get open uh, when he wants. And obviously the big thing you worry about is he's small. He's yes. 163 pounds. <laughs> um, you know, we, we've seen, you know, I remember it wasn't what, two, two years ago, the kid out of North Texas, Jalen Darden, who, uh, you know, a lot of people liked, uh, I liked I him. Dane. Fourth round of the bucks. 
Yeah, well, and, 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 you know, the size size really worried me. And that's, you know, Tutu Atwell with the Rams. They took him in, the, I think, yeah. the second round. He has not panned out. So it's I think it's fair to question the size and how that's going to translate. But I do agree 100% with uh, some of his instincts as a receiver. The way he could, the way he could snap off routes, uh, really, really impressive. So uh, is, if you're comfortable with the size, uh, I, I think that, you know, you're going to look at Tank Dell as a, as a possibility on day two. How much bigger is he? than cd when he came out oh cd's got four inches on like as far as like but are you worried about the height or the weight more than probably a little bit of both right dan well because he climbed the ladder quite a few times also too i mean his he he doesn't seem like he struggles with high pointing the ball or his hands or anything so i just wonder i mean if he if he puts on a little bit more size i guess if he's going to be the same guy but i just was impressed with just the natural I'm a receiver. You look mm-hmm. at that guy, you just immediately say, yep. like, that's a receiver, and that's a guy that can get open on his own, and I think he would be QB-friendly in a way as well. I also think— well, that's the thing. If you're going to be undersized, you know, if you're going to be my size and play wide receiver in the NFL, <laughs> you better be pretty good. You better be good. And so, you know, he—, he and- he and he is that. No, to your point, he is he is very good. He, he's a very good athlete. He catches the ball pretty cleanly for a smaller guy. Um, I, you, you do question though, what is the growth potential? You know, yeah. can he get to 170? I'm not. I I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I I don't know that he can. Uh, but I'm not going to say he can't. Uh, so it, you have. To, I think you part of drafting him as early as that. You have to be a little convinced that he can get a little bit bigger. Um, and that's something that I think scouts will be a little bit split on. Okay. You're a little bit bigger than 5'8", 163, right? Like, you're a little taller than that, Dane. What's your scouting report looking like? If you were measured at the Senior Bowl, what would it come out to be? Uh, Probably, yeah, maybe 5'9", five, 5'9 nine, five, nine and a half. I, I don't know, somewhere around there. Uh, I'll give you the I half. I, I don't want to know what my 40. I don't want to know what my 40 would be, that's for sure. You mentioned, we talked about Michael Wilson from – Stanford? Yeah, Stanford. Uh, we, we talked about him, and, mm-hmm. and granted, I, I understand. Like, it's he has me torn a bit because as a route runner, I know that we we talked about um, Owen oh, oh, Jigba. Oh. oh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yes, yeah. oh, <laughs> Jackson from Smith Ohio State. Yes, yeah. we talked about him, but man, uh, Michael Wilson's route running was to me was so impressive, just how fluid he seemed, and yeah. And I don't know if that came with the fact that maybe when he had the time off, when he was injured, he was just like, hey, let me just, (laughs) you know, act like I'm running routes. But the guy just seems like he understands how to get guys get, you know, to beat press coverage. And I think that's a huge part of what the NFL is doing now and going back into playing a lot more press. So I'm excited to see. Granted, I understand you mentioned his injuries, but if you are going to take a chance on him, you are getting a more refined route runner um, to start than I think a lot of wide receivers uh, are to start. So I was impressed with him as, as well. And for, you know, the the character, the intelligence, he's exactly what you would expect from a guy at Stanford. Like he is a very, very intelligent guy. And I think that that plays into what you're saying. He understands uh, some uh, some of the details of the position that uh, other people might overlook. He, He understands leverage. He understands depth. Um, so yeah, to your point, very good route runner. And, you know, there's just, he can catch the ball through contact. He's a good, he's a bigger athlete. He has the size too, but he moves like a smaller athlete. Exactly. And that's what, that's what is interesting to me is that his feet 
for him to be so mm -hmm. so tall and like lean, his feet match, and that's that's weird. <laughs> it's not something you see like that when you see a guy that mm -hmm. big and physical. And so I I feel like he is going to be a, a mismatch issue issue at points in time if if he is going to be someone that is drafted here. He's got that inside outside versatility <laughs> too, ba to to be able to play tough on the inside and then move back outside with his size. He, he's a uh, an interesting mid round prospect. If you can keep him healthy, if your training staff is yeah, that's good. a good you point. Can, your training staff is good. He, he could be a dude. <laughs> uh, another reason he's kind of the ideal mid-round target is because he can also give you value on special teams. Yeah. Mm. So when you're looking for that number four receiver on the depth chart, uh, you know, he just checks all those boxes. Um, and so for the right value, uh, you know, I don't know what's that, third round, fourth round, wherever he ends up going, um, you just hope that – and this is where scouts, uh, you know, you're on pins and needles going into the combine – because you're hoping that, you know, the guys that you like, that you gave good grades to, you're hoping uh, the team doctor comes out and, and gives you the thumbs up that, hey, yeah, w w he's okay for us. Uh, you know, some teams will use number systems, one, two, three, four. Uh, you know, what what number is he? Is he a guy that's going to be a box player? Like, we're not going to draft him? Or, uh, you know, or is he good enough where we, we can uh, we can work with those injuries or there's no long-term worries? So uh, a lot of scouts would be on pins and needles waiting for those medical uh, results. And how about Stanford putting a prototypical wideout in Michael Wilson to the Senior Bowl, but also putting in Elijah Higgins, who is a little Debbie cake away from being a tight end. I mean, six foot two, 230 pounds. I mean, 228 is what he weighed in in Mobile. He's either a big slot or he might actually end up being a tight end at some point. He's got to fix up his, his route running a little bit. But he was kind of intriguing to me. He kind of flashes as a matchup piece down the line. Now, next question, and it does have to deal with wide receivers, but I kind of want to open it up just as a general conversation. Our friend Koufax goes on here and he says, Will McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer – Taking over the offense, change the type of wide receivers that the team drafts, and how would it change things? I, I don't want to just pigeonhole this this topic to wide receivers because it could change multiple things. Does it change anything immediately, Dane, off, based off of what you've seen for Brian Schottenheimer in the past, the new offensive coordinator brought in? He's not going to be calling plays. It'll be McCarthy. But how much does it waver the way that the Cowboys have thought in the draft process? Yeah, and I think some of those questions are going to be a little unanswered because, like I said, when you, you know, you're a longtime offensive coach, you've had a little bit of time off or, you know, a little time not calling plays. How does your uh, philosophy change with how you want to attack the game? Um, and I, I think really the, a lot of the answers stem around C.D. Lamb. You know, I mentioned earlier how he does a lot of great work from the slot. So, CD Lamb's the you know right now he he's the best weapon you have on offense. Mm -hmm. So you're going to build your offense around putting CD Lamb in, in advantageous positions. So where is that going to be? Is it going to be 50-50 inside outside? Is it going to be more 80% inside? Where do you want CD Lamb to be? And I think w the answer to those questions will dictate what you do around him. So I think that's where you start with CD Lamb. Um, you know, are you going to be a 12 personnel team uh, on offense? You know, what wh how are you going to use the tight ends? I think a lot of these questions, you know, we can look at what uh, you know, uh, a coach did in Green Bay all those years. We can look what uh, Schottenheimer did all those years as an offensive coordinator in the past. But again, I think philosophies change. And, you know, the offense, uh, offensive football in the NFL is so, uh, it evolves so much that I, I think a lot of these questions are going to be a little bit unanswered as we go into this offseason. No, that's a good point. And you mentioned the tight ends. Uh, 
it's crazy because I, I went into this draft thinking, like, I don't see the Cowboys looking at tight end just because uh, – not right away, just because, you know, you got Jake Ferguson. Mm -hmm. You also, too, you got Peyton Hendershot that you got as an undrafted free agent uh, last year. Don't know what's happening with Dalton Schultz. But I was just thinking about it. I was like, well, maybe they could go tight end. Maybe with, with what you're saying and the way that – I mean – Obviously, philosophies do change and stuff, but tight ends for either one of those gentlemen have been important just for the running game and, and all the things that they do there. Uh, did any of the tight ends stick out to you, um, Dane, in this in this uh, in the Senior Bowl? Um, because I had a guy that I thought stood out just because of his blocking ability. Who was your guy? Oh uh, well, let me go find my notes on oh. him before. Tater tots, don't rush. That's me. okay. We can let Dane answer first. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, for me, I, I Payne Durham. That's that. Purdue. There he is. Uh, I, I thought, <laughs> there he yeah, is. Okay. My notes yeah. are here. Uh, I, I, I want to hear what you what you thought about him. No, yeah. Uh, so I, I feel like he showed. Obviously, he showed his the blocking ability is there, but just the fluid the fluidity out of the blocks is I think is important moving forward because we're seeing a lot more tight ends that are you know showing like hey I'm, I'm blocking here but I could slip out here and, and I'm a receiver now and I think that has value also I don't know if he has a whole bunch of yak ability but he has the size to break tackles if necessary he made some pretty dope high point catches also too in the in the game mm -hmm. and I just this, those are the things that stood out last year with Jake Ferguson. I think that's how he got drafted because, to that point, I thought Jake Ferguson was good, but his senior bowl is what really made people be like, hey, hey listen, this guy maybe has some receiver qualities mm -hmm. as well. And so Payne Durham kind of sprinkling that onto the, his ability to, to block the way that he does, I definitely feel like is he's going to be someone that people are looking at just because run blocking from the tight end position is starting to feel like something that I know this team finds important. They mm -hmm. emphasize this year because you had two rookies coming here that I thought one of them could block pretty well, but then you saw the other one come through and you was like, oh, okay, so we're we're teaching blocking here. So I don't know, moving forward, I, I, I want to keep an eye on him because I feel like his, his blocking ability is what's going to really take him over the top, in my opinion. Yep. I agree with a lot of what you said. I mean, his, his ability to snatch snatch the football outside of his frame, mm -hmm. uh, it was really on display during senior bowl practices. Um, I thought he did an outstanding job in that area. Uh, and this is a guy that he was a four-year lacrosse player in high school. He only played football his senior year. So, uh, you know, a guy that is a tough physical athlete, he has translated that to the football field. I, I thought he did an excellent job blocking. Um, you know, I, I don't know – uh, what his upside is in terms of, you know, can he be a big play threat? I, I don't know yeah. that he's necessarily that, but I, 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 I feel like I can trust him. I feel like he's getting better and better and I, I can feel, I, I can feel comfortable with him as my, uh, my number two tight end. And then maybe a guy that can uh, ascend even more, um, after a couple of years in the program. But, you know, I, he reminded me a little bit of Jesse James, uh, you know, mm. who he was pretty good out of Penn state. Had had a pretty good career with the Steelers, uh, you know, for six seven years. Um, I, I that that's what he reminded me of. But I think you know, and especially we're talking about a fourth or fifth round guy. I think yep. I don't know. Maybe he gets in the top one hundred if a team really likes him. But I think we're talking more early day three for Payne Durham. And so for that price tag, yeah, I, I'm I'm all over him. This is a it's a really deep tight end group. I mean, I've I've never seen so many tight ends worthy of top. 30 top 50 consideration uh, than this year. And, and so first round, second round, uh, even into the third round with a guy like Sam Laporta from Iowa, um, you know, I, I think it's a really deep 
tight end class this year. Uh, but it's also one you could feel like, you know, you're not going to feel pressure to take one uh, early. Uh, if you're a team like the Cowboys, you feel like you can wait to the third or fourth <laughs> round and still feel pretty good about the guy you're getting. It kind of goes back to what you were talking about. Yeah. You, you Initially, it doesn't look like a need, but at some point it might be a need. And if a guy like Payne Durham mm-hmm. works his way into the fifth round, sixth round, all of a sudden he's on the table for you. Why not use one of those comp picks to, to sure up your tight end room, especially if you're going to move on from Dalton Schultz? Yeah, That's you, the biggest factor yeah. with it. And you mentioned, like, we, um, you know, well, Dane, you mentioned, sorry, you, you want to go? <laughs> no, no, as, as you say, uh, to, just to add on to that uh, thought, when, like, this is, when's the last time this team drafted a tight end, uh, you know, in in the first round? You know, it, yeah. it, it's been Doesn't a long happen. time. Yeah. Decades, decades, you know. Uh, but w- even like, like the top 100 picks, uh, you have to go. I think it's maybe Gavin Escobar. Uh, I, the, the last time they I drafted so. a tight end in the top 100. So you know this is a team that tr- historically tells us they they are okay waiting until the fourth round to, to get a guy. We need to take our second break. When we come back, let's do some tell me more. I'm going to bring up some players. We're going to throw them at Dane. We're going to throw them at Aisha. We're going to get their, their scouting report, get their thoughts with a little bit of Tell Me More when we come back with more Draft Show presented by Miller Lite. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com is one of the most trusted ways to buy, sell, and trade crypto. Whether you're always on the go or stay closer to home, Blockchain.com is just a few taps away. Put the power of crypto in your pocket so no matter where you are, you can trade on your terms and build a crypto portfolio to fit your life. For crypto pros, rookies, and anyone in between, Blockchain.com makes it easy to own a piece of the future. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team. In a stressful world, Lincoln provides balance and calm amidst the chaos by creating sanctuaries that move you through the world with ease. Our vehicles make your time richer and more uplifting with human-centric design, intelligent technology, and powerful performance. As the official luxury vehicle of the Dallas Cowboys, driving a Lincoln is just another way to show your team pride. Experience our full lineup of luxury vehicles, including the Corsair, Aviator, Navigator, and Nautilus at Lincoln.com. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with pregame sideline access and photo ops with current players, cheerleaders, and cowboy legends. You want to stay at a team hotel, attend the best tailgate party in Texas, tour the star, and talk X's and O's with me, Everson Walls? With Star Sports Tours, you can. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. 
Back here on the draft show, we love having Dane Brugler as a part of the show. Even in the middle of the break, Aisha and Dane chopping it up. We're having some fun here on a Wednesday. Brian and Bobby will be back with us tomorrow. They are out in Glendale, Arizona as a part of the 105.3 The Fan coverage of the Super Bowl, but they will be back on the draft show. Dane Brugler, Aisha Morrison, I'm Kyle Yeomans. We've got Chris Meme in the back wrapping things up with a little bit of Tell Me More. So, I had I had four names written down to tell me more of. Two of them we've already hit, and that was Tank Dell out of the, out of Houston, wide receiver, and then Clayton Toon, quarterback from Houston. I want to start with running back from Tulane, and this is somebody who caught my eye during the Cotton Bowl because I went to the game just as a fan, just kind of watching. Tajay Spears is a dude because as soon as I saw him in the Cotton Bowl up against USC, I went back, watched his tape, was really impressed with his tape, his explosiveness. Not a big guy. He's actually pretty slender for the position. But overall, five foot nine, 205. But man, this guy's fun to watch. And he showed it again in Mobile, Dane. Love him. I mean, he he's so much fun to watch. Um, uh, he's uh, He has that elusiveness so he can create his own yardage. Um, he's very slippery, very dynamic. Uh, the start-stop cutting skills are, are really impressive, uh, but he also brings patience. Uh, you know, he's got that, uh, that that patience behind his blockers, and then boom, he's gone. Dart yeah. that darting acceleration as soon as he finds that crease. Um, not a powerful guy to like, you know, what you're saying with, with the lack of size, but he's not soft either. You know, he's not a guy that's going to go down necessarily with arm tackles. Um, you know, he will keep his legs moving. Uh, you know, so I think that explosive read plant burst, I, I, I want that on my team. I want that in my offense. Uh, reminds me a lot of James Cook out of Georgia last year, who mm. the Bills took in the second round. I think you're talking similar running styles, similar athletes. Um, I, I think he shows potential for three down duties. You know, he wasn't a high volume pass catcher at Tulane, but he catches the ball pretty cleanly. Um, you know, when, when he is targeted, caught the ball well down in Mobile. So I, I'm, you know, it doesn't have the desired run strength or the build, but somewhere on day two, I'd feel very comfortable drafting him and having him be a key piece of my running back rotation. I, the biggest obstacle for, for Spears is going to be the medicals, uh, past knee issues with him. So uh, he, he's one of those guys where I'd be crossing my fingers, waiting to hear back from the doctors about long term what it looks like. Is he a guy that, you know, we'd be OK drafting? And so, uh, you know, hoping for good news for him on that front. Yeah, you mentioned his his health issues, and that's actually one of the things that I took down. But it was that's why in the, in the Senior Bowl I was looking at how he held up in pass pro, and he actually to me mm-hmm. showed such a willingness in pass pro that I wasn't saw, sure I saw from him consistently during the season. Maybe you know when I watched film on him, maybe that was because of the injury. So I was like, okay, does he trust his body here? Because obviously that's going to be a part of the game. But one thing that I like from him in a in a game where a lot of two highs played now, hey, the dude is a really good underneath option that can make something out of nothing. He's such a good security blanket, and I like how he separates. And you mentioned him being a receiver. I think that's having receiving qualities. That's kind of what I've been looking at in every running back I've looked at because in this NFL right now, it feels like – you're running back, yeah, you want the power guy, but it feels like the guys that are a little bit more slippery and have some receiving qualities are the guys that are, are I don't know, getting your get, – they get my attention at this point for what you're trying to do offensively. So um, his receiving qualities are what really stood out to me. I know he can run the rock, but he has soft hands for 
a wide receiver and he's decisive, like you said, in regards to him hitting the hole and being like, yeah, I want to go right here, so mm-hmm. I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something that I feel like is going to be important for the home run ability and him moving forward. It's something that Tony Pollard possesses as well. Yeah, I'm excited to see how he ends up testing. I want to see how he blows the interviews out of the water because apparently he's, he's just a, a fun guy to talk to. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how he rises because I don't think – Dane said it a moment ago with the second round, James Cook – I don't think his stock is set in stone right now. It's a middle-round stock, but he's probably going to rise as we go along. Same thing with this guy that I'm bringing up, and this is somebody that you had your eye on, Northwestern edge rusher Aditamiwa Adibare. I did it as much as I could. I did Uh, the name as as close as I could. I did say, yeah. (laughs) Adibare. I wrote it. I wrote down the pronunciation. I've got it, too, and I tried. So I would not butcher it. But, yeah, he, he looked crazy. He look crazy, and I like it. Like he's yeah. he's he is. yeah. I mean he's vicious in a, in a sense. And me, you know, we were just talking about it before the break. Just how if you look at him on paper, you look at his size and stuff. You like okay, is this a is is this what he's supposed to be doing? But then you watch him in the Senior Bowl, and he's just like he's ripping through guys. He has so much. He can have speed to power, which is weird. He's twitchy. I I was asking Dane like, what is he missing? What is he missing? If you weren't gonna you know draft him, why would it be? And it would just be because of you know what Dane said. It's just. He's not the typical build, I guess, for that position. At this point, who cares? Can, <laughs> can the guy play, my guy? Is Aisha says, go give me a baller. Is he yeah. disruptive? And he's going to get on people's nerves. I think he's going to get on people's nerves. Benton's going to get on people's nerves. Um, I see, what is it? Well, Benton from my bad. Wisconsin. Wisconsin, mm-hmm. my bad. Yeah. Wisconsin. Yes, I, I feel like those guys are just disruptors. And the pass rush ability um, is something that, I feel like a lot of people are looking at at DT these days. So, yeah, I like I like homie. I like the dude. <laughs> Crazy. What you think, Dan? Well, and that's what that, what you really like about him even though he doesn't have maybe the ideal height and weight, you know, he's 6'1 and a half, 285 pounds, but he has dis, uh, disproportionate arm length and hands. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. he has uh 34-inch arms, almost 11-inch hands. Uh, so, and he, he uses that when you say this a lot with shorter defensive linemen, but he really does use that natural leverage to his advantage to get underneath blockers. We saw it consistently in the one-on-ones down at the senior bowl, uh, to use that natural power, get underneath blockers, drive them backwards. Um, he's shot out of a cannon at the snap. You love that initial quickness, um, that upfield quickness that he brings to, uh, really threaten gaps is impressive. Um, he, He's very, very active with his hands. So even when he does get locked up, he doesn't stay locked up for long. He is so active that he is uh, always trying to get off uh, of those blocks. Twitchy athlete. Um, So, yeah, there's just – Again, yeah, like we said, one of those guys that maybe on paper doesn't necessarily grab you, but you turn on the tape and it's like, okay, uh, tape after tape after tape, you take all your notes, you look down, and you've got way more strengths than uh, than, than negatives, and it's like, okay, why shouldn't I like this guy? And so I'm I'm actually – I'm working on my top 100. Uh, Mm. It'll be out on The Athletic next week, and it's like I don't know how I keep this guy out of my top 100. With what I just saw with my own eyes down there at the Senior Bowl – with you know, watching the Ohio State tape you know, and seeing him against that Ohio State offensive line, watching him uh, over his career, it's like, man, I, I would, uh, you know, sure, I'd love to get him in the fourth round, but I don't know if he's going to last to me uh, that long. So uh, it, it's going to be hard to keep him out of my top 100. Remember the name, Addy Tamiwa Addy Barre. I tried it again just for my own practice, just to try and put it out there. <laughs> We're going to get it. by Tommy. 
too. So yeah. you can go by Tommy if you oh, want. Oh, bless he, he you. Does go by Tommy. Bless so you Tommy Adibare. That. <laughs> That's even better. Very nice. All right, last guy, and this is a, a wide receiver that I know Cowboys fans have been asking about a couple different times, but we haven't talked about him yet. Kayshawn Booty. Uh, is that how you say his name? Bo Booty uh. from LSU. I, I looked at his pronunciation. It's still it's not a great pronunciation, but I think it's Booty. Uh, LSU wide receiver came out. Potentially in your top 100, Dane. What is where does he kind of rank, and what does he bring to the table? He is one of the bigger wild cards in this draft mm. um, because I think you just don't know. Okay, like three, four years from now, he could be going to a second Pro Bowl. He could be on a third team. I, I, wow. I, neither of those outcomes would surprise me, honestly. I, I, he is that much of a wild card. Uh, when you watch the good, it's really good. You know, you throw on the uh, the Georgia tape, the SEC championship game. Mm-hmm. You like what you see from him. But too many other times, he, he disappears, and he's just not a big part of the offense. And so, um, you, you know, you just really question uh, just what type of impact is he is he bringing to your offense. Um, because of that, I think that, that good chance that knocks him out of the first two rounds. And then it's just about, you know, each team and where they would feel comfortable rolling the dice on a guy like this third round, fourth round, wherever that is. Um, but a, a couple other things working against them. A lot of teams that I've talked to see him as a slot only guy, mm. um, you know, a little uh, more drops than you want to see from him, but he's a really good athlete. I, I think what he does best is after the catch. It's kind of like Jamar chase coming out of LSU. He was so good after the catch because it's not just speed with him. It's body power and the ability to break tackles and create that uh, Butte has that as well. So he can take a simple screen and break a few tackles and turn it into a 40 yard gain. Um, so the agility, the acceleration, the body type, all are, are things that you really like about him. Um, it, it's just, you want to see him uh, be more uh, consistent catching the football. You want to see him be better in contested situations. Um, it, it's just, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot of, uh, a, a lot of question marks that teams have that they're hopefully going to get answered at the combine. He, like I said, he's just a, a wild card going into the process. Yeah, that's what I got written down. I said, <laughs> I said, don't like how he played through contact. Like <laughs> that's what I said is, um, and that's, I mean, I guess that's some, that's similar to kind of what you were saying is, like, the inconsistency is there. Is like, there's times I was watching him, I was like, okay, I see him. Okay, where is he? And I, see, I haven't seen him for, like, 10 minutes, you know? So, um, and I don't know if that's play design, right. if that's how that is, but I just want him to be more to insert himself more, you know, just to be more present, you know, through, if, through, through plays, if that's the way to word that. So that's what I had written down for him. Yeah. I didn't have a whole bunch on him yet. And there's some off-the-field concerns. I think there's a couple things there that can maybe come into play at oh, some point. Okay, well, that but makes sense now. Overall, it's not even just that. It's it's on the field. There are question marks. He was in, in 2020, there was arguments that he would be one of the, the go-to receivers in college football. And he's had two years since then to try and live up to that billing, and he never really did. He was a solid receiver, had production, but never really found a stride in, enough to really – raise his draft stock enough to to where people could be excited about taking him in the top 50, which is where his talent and his ceiling could potentially land him. But that's going to do it for us here on the draft show. Dane, thanks so much for taking some time with us. This was a blast as always, and I'm sure we'll see you a little bit more down the line. We'll see you in Indianapolis coming up in a couple weeks, right? Absolutely. No, this is absolutely my pleasure. I appreciate you guys having me on, and hopefully we can do it again. There you go. Check him out on The Athletic. He's got the top 100 coming out. The Beast is – it's the countdown to The Beast. Are you stressing about it yet? Are you starting to sweat a little bit about the I, – I, 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 
when you kicked off the show saying how many days until the draft, I I, yeah, I got fainted, stressed so, out a little I mean, bit. I did myself. <laughs> I did. I know, right? Right? Maybe I, I should take so, that out. Yeah, that, that that was that was a stressor. Yeah. I said, <laughs> well, I mean, only for you know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Jesus. it'll be here before we know it. So uh, it's it's creeping up on us. No doubt about it. Well, we're gonna have some fun here over the next seventy-one day or seventy-eight days now. So now we we can check this one off the bar the mark. We'll be back tomorrow <laughs> with Brian, Bobby, Aisha, myself. We'll be here for another hour as we break down some more NFL draft prospects and what maybe Brian and Bobby thought about the Senior Bowl as they're out at the Super Bowl. But for us today, for Chris Beam, Aisha Morrison, our special guest, Dane Brugler, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We'll see you tomorrow with more of The Draft Show presented by Miller Lite. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!